Roll it. Hello, world. Welcome to the Church Mag Podcast, the official podcast of Church Mag, the home of church, technology, and all things geek. It's time to let the fun begin. Welcome to another episode of the Church Mag Podcast. Eric Dye here along with Jeremy Smith and Basim Bofu. And remember when... Yes, remember when oftentimes uh, we like to kind of be a little nostalgic, right? Back back in the old the old days, the olden days, or back in the day when everything was, you know, X, Y, and Z. And usually, usually time has a curious way of, of filtering out the negative and leaving only the positive, right? And we have, we have great feelings of the past, at least, I think, mostly, is that, it seems like, I feel like I'm speaking factual when really fundamentally it varies from person to person, but I think that's, is that a fair general statement, you think, Jeremy? Um, yeah, I mean, we forget all the, we, I guess we wouldn't forget, but um, we hold on to those positive memories much, much longer than we do other things, unless it's like a personal failing of ourselves that actually mm-hmm. so surprisingly enough that's whole psychology psychic for one second um, oh let's totally do it um because one thing that that i think our generation our generation i don't know contemporary adults of today those of us who have kids we have this this feeling of wanting to introduce our kids to the things that we love we i mean just look at the films and the toys and the video games and everything everything's a reboot and everything's a rethink and there's you know so much you know going back to the retro retro's cool all that kind of thing so i think it really it, it really resonates so i would really like to hear some of the psychology behind that in a general sense as far as personal achievements and memories i think that one of the big things that's when you're a very driven person um the things that you hold on to that motivates you are always the positive things um when we're thinking about other people but it's when it's about ourselves it tends to be much more negative they did a um psychology study for a whole bunch of the people that are in the hall of fame here in the u.s with different sports like baseball and basketball and football and they said what were some of the biggest moments that you just like stick out in your mind as like one of the things that you just can't seem to get rid of like it's always there and they all all the people all these like um mvp champions these um won the super bowl and the nba finals and all these things the thing that they hold on to are those things that they fail at that's not only is it a drive for them to do better even though they're like the best of the best of all time um, but it sometimes can be a little bit debilitating as well and so when it's a personal thing that like i think about all the stuff that i did in high school and in college the things i yes i did good stuff and if i really sit down and think about it i can recognize that but i also think the biggest thing about my college is i got a d in calculus too or calculus, <laughs> calculus too. I was just trying to figure out who I was as an individual and the professor was known to be really hard and he was Russian and you could hardly understand him at times and the class was eight o'clock in the morning. But these are all excuses because I didn't try very hard in that class and that sticks out of my mind about one of the big things that happened in college. And I can certainly think of a lot of the positive, but that's like that motivation for myself. And so that's a big thing. But nostalgia, when we're thinking about other things and our memories and the things that we love to do in the past, it's definitely like all the difficult things you kind of leave behind i I think one of the reasons that this whole topic came up is is i am taking a raspberry pi i got a raspberry pi 3 and work blessing will have a whole series or we'll have a whole couple of articles on this and so go look for that when it comes out um but i am making my own arcade machine out of a raspberry pi and so i've got like the joysticks i'm going to connect up and uh, monitor and i'm going to build out the actual um 
base of it that's going to hold the thing. But tonight I got to actually set everything up. I don't have any wood cut out or anything. It's just my actual keyboard and the joysticks. And I was having my son play the game. And before that, I was trying to play some of the games and getting it working. And I like the nostalgia immediately hits. And I start playing. I'm like, oh, this is fun. And then I played some of the other games. And I'm like, oh, this will be great. And I start playing. I'm like, oh, yeah. I remember how annoying this was at times. <laughs> like, the, the nostalgia, like before I start playing, is like, this is super awesome. This is super cool. And then, like, I start and I'm like, I mean, cool. this will be really fun to have. And it yeah. kind of, like, in some regards, it, it washed away pretty quickly. And in so other regards, my son started playing Super Mario Brothers, the original one. And I literally just left him to the keyboard and showed him what the controls were and kind of stepped away. And he beat World 1.1 or 1-1 all by himself. And so that was really cool to see him do that wow. and to see kind of, like, the, the joy that it sparked in him. But then knowing also, like, I mean, it's cool, but at the same time, like... It's, it's nostalgia, but for the sake of nostalgia, like it kind of wears off after a little bit, kind of kind of goes back to that. Okay, this will be yeah. fun to play with when people come over, but that's I'm not going to be stuck on this machine. Yeah, that's what's interesting to see with with some other reboots where they've taken an old game, for example, and they've remastered it, and you know they've they've streamlined the controls, they've they've taken out those annoying things, they've you know increased graphic fidelity, did some things that they wish they had been able to do in the first one, and while it looks and feels like the original. Um, it's really not a lot like the original in, you know, in a side-by-side comparison. Yeah, it, it, it looks like it's probably the same thing, but it's clearly not the same thing. It's been reworked from the ground up. But what's interesting is they're able to actually to deliver on the nostalgia. So like what you did, Jeremy, like you didn't, you're like, oh yeah, okay, well, I remember it being greater, obviously, and this is cool, but it's not really that great. Not like I remember it. Um, but sometimes when there's a remaster and it's redone, it actually feels and looks and seems just as amazing as it was in your memory, which is a really cool thing, you know, that that you can do. And I think that when you're when you are in the art of retro and where you're trying to recultivate something that was popular before, it's important to realize, and this is something that can be applied to, to create something that you're working on creatively. It could be messaging. It could be so many different things. It could be an event you're putting together. It could be all kinds of different things. When you're, when you're going for that retro feel and look, remember it isn't necessarily about the replication of the original. It's about delivering on the feeling and the memories and the ideas of the original, which is two completely different things. Um, I, I, um, like, I'm just thinking like, is retro really that, that, you know, we call it retro today. But, you know, 25, 30 years ago, you know, you might have remembered as the good old days, right? I, I, I'm actually trying to think about um, the number of places that I can apply that to. And when I think about games in particular, um, I actually don't think they are. I mean, the other day I did search. <laughs> this is so funny. Don't laugh. But um, I was looking for something stupid and mindless, and I was looking for, um, what is it, Battlestar Galactica? Um, I mean, that was very stupid, but I was just looking for something mindless. Well, it's, it, yeah, no, but, but you're right, Blessing. It, 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 you know, this nostalgia and retro and the reliving of these memories can be applied to, to you know, film and, and television as well, books even, for that matter. 
Absolutely. I think as far as gaming, um, I don't really think I'd want to go back to anything. <laughs> <laughs> well, to be fair, it's not why um, Stranger Things is so popular right now is because there's a lot of retro pieces to it for that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Jeremy, I, f- I finally saw Ready Player One on on the airplane and dude let me tell you wow isn't it like basically just one big oh my gosh so good and and like the little details and subtleties that they put in there as well yeah it's incredible i i I instantly thought i want my kids to see this and then i kind of had a kind of had another realization of well but they're probably not going to get out of it what i'm getting out of it yeah yeah (laughs) Yeah. Great dad, thanks for showing us. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. And you, you might end up like a guy who's talking about transparencies and Uncle Nico. That's what I'd be like. You see those mountains over there? <laughs> you should throw this football over those no. mountains. No, yeah, right? Like if you want to go retro, you don't you don't get the overhead slide the overhead projector with the 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 slide <laughs> the the clear is that called the overhead projector? Is that what that's called, Jeremy? Like those old ones, you know, that you put the paper on. <laughs> yes, yes. Oh my gosh. Some something something's the greatest memories, and should just stay there. <laughs> no, you're right. You're, you're definitely right. But um, don't you think there's some some things that we can we can draw on that as well? Just like I don't know. It feels like there's probably some subtext and some things we can draw on it on a even a personal level um, when we when we think about. You know, back in the day, retro, the good old days. You know, it seems like we we can we can kind of learn learn from being mindful and, and self aware of what's going on when we when we have that nostalgic feeling or we have the urge to go back to to uh, to, to jump onto what Jeremy was saying about how you know that whole filtering process. Um, you know that the positive aspect and 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 what remains. Um, I think. I think that's something that's worth revisiting in the sense that like, did, you know, why did I, um, I don't know, maybe it was novelty. Okay. Now I'm trailing, but I'm just, maybe it's just that could have been the novelty of something groundbreaking. Um, well, one interesting thing is, is someone had said that's in 15, 12 to 15 years when the seven year olds, which is what my son is, mm-hmm. um, grows up and is in college. Is someone, if you're out like at a dance party or something and they're playing all the cool songs at that time, and then all of a sudden someone decides to turn on Baby Shark, they're all going to lose their minds. Oh my gosh, <laughs> gosh, this is just, I love this song when I was young. This is awesome. I love this. I mean, if you oh, think no. about it, that's going to be true, right? <laughs> oh, no. Oh, wow. And, and will you have to teach your son to drive? Or more accurately, will your son need to even teach his kids how to drive or will be running self-driving cars? I don't know. (laughs) Back in my day when we used to drive cars, right? (laughs) Yeah, when cars needed to be driven. So let me ask you guys, if you thought of one thing, and I'll start off since I have a couple of things since I'm doing this whole arcade thing. Mm -hmm. What is the video games or movies or television shows or um, things of that era, maybe it was the thing that came out of Burger King or McDonald's or whatever blessing you have. That's like that nostalgia feeling for yourself. Um, for me, the nostalgia of that time frame was there's a two video games 
um, that pop out from Nintendo. The first one was um, I absolutely loved my favorite game of all of the NES ones was uh, Super Tecmo Bowl or Tecmo Super Bowl. I loved that game because you can become um, my favorite team was the Detroit Lions and Barry Sanders was on there. And so I just loved trying to play as that. I played in, I literally as a kid would play an entire season to try to get Barry Sanders to have 2000 yards. Like I would run, run past so that the defense would stop choosing run and then run some more just to see how many yards. And I would try to go for like a 99 yard run. I loved doing that. And that was fun. Um, but then there was this, christian bookstore that my mom would take us to and they had a little arcade machine that sort of ish it kind of was like a custom-made thing and they had the joysticks and everything but they had this game called um super what was it called super super bible land adventures (laughs) no 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 no. it's an actual nes game super oh super yeah. I think it's yeah, yeah. Do you know what I'm talking about? And it's like this almost like a racing game with mm-hmm. trucks and you can get top these down. power-ups and yeah. do all these fun things. And uh, yeah, it was a top-down thing and they had all these different maps and me and my brother would just always love to play and she, they just like pulled the... They, they secretly pulled out the quarters to let us all play, but it was more of like a control how much video games you can kind of play for yourself and then kids had to go home but it was really fun mm-hmm. that we got to go and play this game because we didn't own it ourselves and so it was me and my brother against each other and then obviously the computers would sometimes kick our butt and i loved for some reason this nostalgia of that game like really hits me hard um i haven't actually gotten to play it on that arcade machine i got it up and running and so i haven't played that yet but that'll be interesting i don't know if the it'll be one of those like oh okay this is actually kind of okay but not great so we'll see that's awesome so that's my that's my nostalgia that's awesome. kick. It's interesting. I hadn't thought about nostalgia. I mean, I've thought about nostalgia several times. Um, when I especially when I jumped back into gaming and um, played some some old ones, and you know, I, I hit that wall of this isn't quite as cool as I remember it. Um, but I think probably one one fun thing that I figured out was playing. Um, similar style games um, jumping into like a Metroidvania game um, it just kind of blows me away like how much I'm able to just chill when I do that and because I played lots of, of, of Metroid as a kid um, I beat it I played it I had those ridiculously long before they had save cartridge that the, the battery in the cartridge like you could on Zelda where you could just save it um, Metroid would spit out this um I don't know how many characters it was. It was like 12, 12, 12, like four times 12, like 48. It was like 48 character, alphanumeric special character. Um, save password thingy. <laughs> and like you had to type it all in to, you know, pick up where you left off. So, I mean, a lot of times, like, you know, you get called for dinner or something, you would just pause it and hope that, you know, it didn't die because <laughs> having to write that code down and put it back in, like if you were a character off, like you lost all your progress. And this is a, this is a, a, an intense game to, to play. It's, it's, you have to play it a long time to get it finished. Right. And Oh my gosh, that was so painstaking, but that style of game, um, I didn't realize how much I, I really, really liked it until I was playing some, some modern versions of it, like hollow Knight and some others. Um, that are modernized, right? So it feels modern. It has all the, It feels like a contemporary game, but it had that same had that same style of 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 approach. And then another one. I, I used to love playing 
baseball games as a kid, as well as Tecmo Bowl. But I won't, I won't repeat on yours, Jeremy. <laughs> I did similar things. Mm-hmm. Um, it, well, what was the baseball, uh, the baseball game? game? I played uh, Baseball Simulator 2000. It was for the Super Nintendo. I had, I played a bunch of RBI baseball on the Nintendo bases loaded, et cetera, et cetera. I played lots of different baseball ones, but my favorite ones um, were those that kept actual statistics. And I love, um, what I loved about Baseball Simulator 2000 or 1000, whatever it was, is you could create your own team and, um, you know, their uniforms, et cetera, et cetera. And I play a full season and I love the stats before, um, when I played like bases loaded two, I would write hand, write the stats because they didn't update on the screen. They were, they were static on the screen and I would keep my own and I realized how inaccurate the ones on the screen were. So I actually knew how well the players did. It's very interesting. Um, but on the base low 2000, like it would keep that up to date. And so that was a lot of fun. So I do similar things, Jeremy, like try to get so many home runs or have a great batting average and, you know, kind of all this stuff, you know, like made up stories in your brain as you, you know, did these seasons and stuff. And, um, not even six months ago, I, I grabbed for the PC Super Mega Baseball 2 um, on Steam. And it's very similar because all the teams are fictional um, and you can edit everything. Uh, you can even download edits other people have made. People have made fictitious teams or actual MLB teams. And it's, it's very similar in that you can play as wacky as having crazy power-ups and stuff like that or have it more realistic. But then again, you know, it's all, you know, uh, you can modify your team name and your colors and everything else. And just playing that and having, you know, updated stats and whatnot, just, just being able to play that just very chill. You know, I have other games that I also enjoy that really take more of my focus and draw my attention. But those two style, those Metrovania games or, um, or the baseball game, it just kind of blows me away how I can just lean back and kind of rest in the nostalgia. That I don't know, I can't even explain it. It's it's like it's like eating a favorite food or drink that you had as a kid. There's just something special about that. It might not be your favorite thing anymore, but when you go back to it, it's like, ah, I remember this. So I don't know if I can remember that much detail. Um, <laughs> and is it, is it is it nostalgia if you can't remember that much detail? Um, let's pull that. <laughs> um, <laughs> the thing I, I was thinking about was um, going to the arcade. That was um, that was all the noise um, and all the just. I mean, recycled air and, yeah. <laughs> and you didn't care. <laughs> what did you find yourself most drawn to whenever you would go? To the arcade. Um, yeah. So it was different stuff, man. There was Street Fighter. Sure. Um, oh, yeah. So Street Fighter was like something that was kind of a, kind of a big deal. Um, and then... And then you you know your typical sit in the car uh sit get in a seat driving like driving or or you know racing car or bike you know that you'd actually sit on um and the first and the first first person shooter games <laughs> you actually had a gun that you'd pull a trigger on i mean that was um uh yeah i mean obviously you had your your um like your pac-man and that and then i remember game boy coming out oh man that just changed the game mm-hmm. um what was your favorite game boy game and, 
I can't remember, weirdly. I was trying to think if it was, but that could have been a different, um, uh, what was it, Donkey, Donkey Kong, maybe? Maybe. Um, I know I did the stereotypical Pokemon, and I loved both uh-huh. of those, and I got them all. Um, but this is a weird one. Uh, I was probably in uh, early high school, and my favorite game besides Pokemon was um, Mario Tennis. I was really? in tennis, and I loved Mario Tennis. Oh my gosh, Jeremy! No way, because I I was I was waiting to. I was waiting to tell what my favorite Game Boy was, and I was going to say, as much as I want to say it was like Super Mario Land or Contra or Metroid or one of those other more like marquee cool Game Boy titles, Mm -hmm. believe it or not, my favorite Game Boy game of all time was easily Mario Tennis. Easily. This is going to sound so weird, but I feel like I applied some of the computer tactics that I learned from that game to actual tennis, and I don't, that might be just me making stuff up. I, like i, I, I really know, know that i it had was, these thoughts on the tennis courts it was it was quite the game no i absolutely believe it listen i absolutely believe it because when um i i never pl- i hadn't played like like little peewee league baseball i jumped into baseball when i was a little bit older and um it wasn't quite second nature to me of like there's a runner on first a runner on third there's one out what do you do if the ball comes to you at third base like I would have. To, I felt like I had to process too slowly, or I would kind of get stressed out, or I wanted to know, you know, I wanted to survey my options, and I really felt like playing the baseball game really helped me with that because I got to the point where I was always processing. Okay, this is this. This is the scenario. What do I do? And being able to rep- do repetitiously do that over and over and over again, it helped me on the field. I had to do that to the point where it was second nature like i just knew what i needed to do so dude i totally believe you that mario tennis helped you with your tennis strategy absolutely like the whole idea of playing in a singles match and going like to the outside lane and obviously if you watch tennis you know they already do this i didn't watch tennis i just knew i wanted to play tennis some point this is without me watching any professionals i found you go to the outside you serve it to the outside on the other corner and it makes it really really hard for them to return and then you immediately run up to the net and as they're returning it because it's a really terrible return then you can easily dink it in and there's no way they're going to get to it and so you just have to kind of try to reduce to do that over and over again and once they kind of start to scoot out then you scoot in a little bit and you just try to slice it down the middle especially if you're on your opposite side you're um, so if I'm left-handed, I'm on my right side serving, you go down the side and then it makes it really hard for them to catch it because it comes right into them or you go, you go right down the middle and you kind of throw them off. I just loved that idea. And so there was, I felt like I was able to take that onto the tennis court and apply that at times. So <laughs> clearly without a doubt, I can tell mm-hmm. you got it's it, man. Weird you've things, man. So you've got the tennis cool. strategy down. It was yeah. funny, blessing you talk about going to the arcade stuff. I remember one thing that I enjoyed about the arcade is that it wasn't dependent on my, the enjoyment wasn't dependent on my quarters per se. Yeah. Uh-huh. Like you could watch other people yeah. and it was just as entertaining. Yeah. And I think it's funny because I hear, you know, people say, even friends of mine about my age, they're like, I don't understand kids going on YouTube, watching other play people play games. And it's like, well, wait <laughs> <Yeah>. a minute. <laughs> but you did exactly that. Right? Exactly. <laughs> now yeah. you, you both went to video, to arcade centers pretty frequently. I, I did go frequently. It always felt like a pretty big, like a pretty cool and pretty big deal. If I got to, because you were like, 
uh, able to see graphics that were like way better than what you could have at home. You know, it was like yeah. awesome. The only yeah. really arcade that I went to was Dave and Buster's. And I mean, you can say that is, but really in some regards, it's not. So I never got that like full on experience of an of actual full arcade. Um, when you guys went the semi regularly that you did, did you get a lot of like interactions with other people or was it like, this is my zone for me to go play and you didn't necessarily interact with others when you guys went? Yeah, that was like, you know, mom's going into Sears and uh-huh. can I go hang out in there while you're in Sears? Yeah. And then you just would like every once in a bit, like look out and see if mom was out there waiting for you sure. so that you could go. And you had however much time she was in Sears right did, even if you didn't get to play did you get to socialize with other people that were playing video games because i feel like that was the natural like unless you had friends in your hometown that was the natural place for you to go no to meet other nerds. i i didn't i mean i remember having some interactions with people kind of randomly like dude that was awesome or you know that kind of a thing nothing really in depth like hi my name's eric but there was definitely some interaction that would go on mm-hmm. yeah what about you Boston? I, I, I I really didn't want to talk to anybody. <laughs> <laughs> I have a feeling I'd be the same. So I mean, there's no judgment so, by any means. Yeah. So so I lived, um, but the, uh, probably that was about two blocks away. Yeah. Um, but that wasn't wasn't like big blocks, you know. Um, so so that was like, you know, I jump on my bike or I take a walk, um, and usually because. Um, I couldn't get on the TV because, you know, we only had one TV uh-huh. and some of those um, very, very, very poor, terrible quality cartridges, um, you know, had either overheated or they were just acting up and I'd had enough of trying, you know, um, or I'd played enough tank. Um, uh, <laughs> yeah, that was what it, tank. Yeah, I think it was called tank. Hmm. Um um, at home and that kind of like, well, I played all the games on my cartridge. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I got there, I really didn't, it wasn't like I was going to hang out with anybody really. It was just, I want to go play a game and yeah. I'm okay with the vibe. I like the vibe, um, you know, but I'm not gonna, you know, worry about, I mean, um, connecting with people. My friends, when I went with my with my friends, it was like even quite cool. But like, just mm-hmm. as a social spot, wasn't quite that. Sure, it was just more well, big games there. So, yeah, gonna go play. Because I, um, I remember there's that one movie with the kid that um, goes and plays for the first time in the World Championships. I don't remember what this movie's called, um, but he plays uh, Super Mario Brothers three. They they make the arcade area out to be like you go to be popular and that's always mm. what I had kind of thought. Well, I'm I, obviously I can be realistic, but that's not what most people or many people would do. I certainly wouldn't mm. do it. But then I also kind of got this thought of like, well, maybe there's actually some places where you have all those friends and you go and you just meet up and talk to people that you've never met about video games. And that'd be really cool. Now, obviously mm-hmm. with online stuff, we've got that and it's super easy. And I'm a little bit jealous slash envious of the fact that these kids have that and also a little bit concerned about it too uh but i feel like that was kind of in the back of my head of like you get to go there you get to try to be the best you take someone's high score you put your quarter on the arcades mm-hmm. and say you got next you go and make sure you try to win as many ver- as many games of the simpsons arcade game or teenage mutant ninja turtles arcade game or whatever it is yeah yeah 
nostalgia, man. Yeah. It'll get you the retroness. Send us an email, subscribe, and search for previous episodes of the Church Mag podcast by visiting Church Mag online. You'll find a link on our main menu. Go to churchm.ag. That's Church Mag. And while you're visiting Church Mag, send us a message and be sure to subscribe to the Church Mag podcast so you can receive an early release of the new show every Friday. We don't do that for just anyone. The Church Mag podcast is proudly hosted on buzzsprout.com.